You are listening to the Therefore a Geek podcast, episode 102. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore a Geek. I'm Andrew. I'm Tracy. And I'm Batman. 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 If you can be Batman, always be Batman. Always be Batman. Always be recording. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, as you guys have guessed, we are talking about the Lego Batman movie this week, because why the fuck not? I th- yeah, we, we really should have been talking about this a lot more, because it looked great. And now we're talking about it, so yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, well, but... Because honestly, we're all just very large children. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, no, that's... I, 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 I want to be offended by that, but I really can't be. <laughs> no. I mean, that's basically what our generation is, is giant man babies and girl babies. Yeah. yeah. That's, really, that's really just it. Technically, we're all Gen Xers, right? I think I come no. in right on the cusp. No. no we're well, actually, we are actually the start of millennials, believe it or not. Yeah. Damn we, it. Yeah. Unfortunately, we are like the, the vanguard of the millennials. So we do share a lot of cultural similarities with Gen Xers, but unfortunately, I think the the, the general consensus is that we're kind of millennials. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking arbitrary timeline. I mean, I've always considered myself a Gen Xer. I always said, if you can clearly remember Hurricane Andrew, the OJ chase, and Kurt Cobain killing himself, you're basically a Gen Xer. I, that's just, that was that's always been my opinion. If you can <laughs> Gulf cover War. The, yeah. If you, if you can cover the Gulf War, the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, you know, the Knicks losing the championship to the Rock, Rockets, where you're good, right? That's I just... remember Warren Moon as the uh, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, but you guys don't remember that, though. Yeah, no you... one remembers the Minnesota Vikings, period, Tracy. Ooh. Me and my dad do. <laughs> so Ouch. we used to go out to the barn where we snuck in the electricity and we would watch the games. So that sounds like fun. <laughs> it was a hand crank generator. Yeah, right. <laughs> Explains those beefy up. forearms you've got there. <laughs> Is that what explains it? Oh. On you, yes. I feel, yeah. I was gonna say, I feel like that joke would have done better if I were a dude, but no, it works for girls too. It's just <laughs> ex- experienced girls. <laughs> All right, so Tracy, you've got a news story this week. I do. Am I the only one? Well, kind of. I, I have one that sort that of. pertains to to Lego Batman, so I'll save it for uh, for the end of the discussion. And I've got I've got one kind of semi depressing one. We had one guy, an actor, pass away this week, so we can just mention that. And Another it's tainted. One. Well, the, yeah. I mean, like you know, mortality in America is a hundred percent. Last time I checked, that's true. That's a, actually that's a valid point. I'm gonna fuck <laughs> that. So... I'm gonna, I plan to fuck that one up. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. <laughs> Andrew and I are absolutely ready for the singularity. Like we are just gonna just dive right onto the internet and live forever yep oh my god guys orson scott card so my my, actually my news article is about a one million pound heist um mission impossible style so apparently there was a warehouse near heathrow where 50 51 books among some other uh papers and pamphlets and stuff that were all very old very valuable were stolen when three raiders i'm quoting from sky.com here Three raiders reportedly climbed onto the roof of the warehouse in Feltham, West London, drilled through skylights and abseiled 40 feet down while avoiding motion sensor alarms. They got away with a total of about 2 million pounds worth of uh, very rare papers and books. Among the works stolen was Mr. Reichier's 1566 second edition of Nicholas Copernicus's De Revolution. I'm going to butcher this. De Revolutionibus Orbium Colestium. 
which was reportedly worth about 215,000 pounds and has been described as a jewel in the hall. And he also lost important books by Galileo and a couple of very rare editions of Dante's Divine Comedy, which honestly, and these didn't even belong to the man who was responsible for them. $60 million came from a German, or 90% 90 of this came from a German colleague's book collection. And no, I'm sorry, 90, this comprised 90% of a German colleague's book collection and 60% of an Italian's collection. So this German guy has to be positively sick right now because 90% <laughs> of his rare book collection is just gone, which is just crazy. And I would be sick myself. I mean, just looking at the quality and the rarity of the books that were taken, that's insane. And you're never going to see them again. They're going to go on the black market. They're going to go into someone's private collection and no one will ever see them. They'll just, whoever owns them will go downstairs and gloat over them and then close them back up in the safe. So it really sucks. Disappearing books. Disappearing so, books. so these rich guys had books in a Heathrow area like warehouse is that what it was um, they were actually it looks like they were being sent i think to the u.s for a display so oh. they were they were actually taking a tour and they were being held in this warehouse apparently under pretty close cover and and then they were somebody figured out that they were there and they were stolen so sounds like an inside job it does kind of sound like an inside job doesn't it this is a job for batman <laughs> yeah actually is there a British yeah. Andrew, is there like a British version of Batman? Does like London have a Batman? His name is James Bond. <laughs> I, I'd have to look into that one because for a while there I'll was the, the the Batman Incorporated. Uh-huh. It, start, it started with Grant Morrison and they had different Batmans around the world. I don't know if London was ever one of them. Like a franchise Batman? Yeah, like Batman was basically <laughs> open. No, he's basically opening up franchises. Did like he did the the, the the foreign Batman have the Batman logo on his chest and then like the little TM right above the Batwing? <laughs> I don't know. It's a $225,000 buy-in to this. <laughs> and you have to provide your own Batmobile. Yeah, you need to have your own Lucius Fox. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone everyone wants their own Morgan Freeman. Yes. <gasps> I would be so happy. Can I register for that for my wedding? I can't remember like, what, what comedian it was talked about, you know, they wanted Morgan Freeman to narrate them taking a dump. <laughs> I was about to say, like, are we going to have Morgan Freeman, like, narrate Tracy's wedding live as it happens? Yes. Oh, my God, you guys. That would be literally the best. I yes. can't even describe how awesome that would be. Okay. Yeah. Good. I've now imagined it. We can come yeah, back no, to the podcast. Now that we've settled it. Uh, the only story I have is uh, Richard Hatch of Battlestar Galactica fame passed away this past week. Uh, yeah. And, you know, for those who are a fan, I was a big fan of the original Battlestar Galactica. I used to watch it all the time when I was coming home from school in, in high school when they would just rerun it. It was, it was really fun. And it also made me appreciate how gorgeous Jane Seymour was when she was younger. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Like when she was young, she was like an astounding beauty, like just like heart stoppingly gorgeous. And she's in the first couple episodes. And of course, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we've been covering the Axonar story and Richard Hatch was slated to play the Klingon Admiral or Klingon General in Axonar. Uh, so that's unfortunate, an unfortunate side effect of the legal process going on as long as it did is we would we do not get Richard Hatch in a Star Trek-ish story. So that's that's it for me. Yeah, he was also in, he was also in the Battlestar Galactica remake. Yeah, wasn't he one of the executive producers or head writers or something like that? I don't know. I don't know if he was in that, but he was he played a politician a criminal turned mm -hmm. turned politician in it yeah tracy just sent me a picture of jane seymour and i'm just like yes she did Those that legs though oh i know but she was also just a cutie yeah we're just mm -hmm. for just for completely forgot about richard hatch we're on to jane seymour now yeah she did it's that classical she... beauty her nose her cheekbones yeah. it's insane she did that movie with um 
Superman. Oh no, what's his name? Christopher Reeves. Yeah. I, f- I forgot the name of it, but it's the one where if he like thinks hard enough, he can travel back in time, and he and he sees a young Jane Seymour or something. I forgot huh. the name of the movie, but it's like she's in it and she's so gorgeous in Is that movie. Somewhere in time. That could have been it. She was nineteen when she did that movie or something like that. It was it was really something. Interesting. Yeah, a Chicago playwright uses self hypnosis to travel back in time and meet the actress whose vintage portrait hangs in a grand hotel. Yep. That's you know, it. I think I did see this a long time ago. It was on T V yeah. like all the time. Yeah. You know, it was one of those Saturday. Yep. And she's yeah. just she's in it and she's just beautiful. We should do a Jane Seymour episode. Just talk about I how- would be so down for that. <laughs> yeah, but you guys that. are I'm gonna find like some I, she's been in sort of some weird niche stuff, um, including version of the Scarlet Pimpernel from the late eighties that you guys would be I don't was, think as interested in as I she would. She was Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman for like was. five years. I used to watch that show all the time and now I know why it was one of those things where why am i watching this oh that's why <laughs> yeah, as, as a kid you're like i don't understand what i'm doing but i can't right. stop yeah i can't that was actually it's it's on a completely side note there's a story my godmother likes to tell that i don't remember that like she was babysitting me one day and she had she like left hbo on and uh L.A. Law or L.A. Crime came out. I don't remember the name of the show, but apparently it was one of those HBO shows that showed a lot of nudity. And she, like, walks into the room right as when there's, like, this big nude scene and some, like, big, really busty woman is, like, nude on screen. And she's, like, she turns to me, and I don't remember. I don't remember any of this. So this is all hearsay from my godmother. And she's, like, what are you watching? And apparently my only response was, I like those. That is classic. Yeah. Oh, I love I'm it. Consider, I'm contemplating any of the episode right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. There it is, folks. But what? Batman. We got to do Batman. Come on. We do. No, we do. I've been so pumped about this Lego movie. And I have to say, I was happy with it. I wasn't blown away. I didn't think it was like rip-roaringly funny, but I will say I true I did enjoy it and I think my only real critique is that I feel like it's obviously a kids movie, right? It's a it kids. Is. The themes are kid-oriented, kid-fixated. The the jokes are are set up for kids, but it's also to me it felt like an adult kids movie. Like oh, yeah. they sure. definitely, definitely knew adults were going to be watching this and I feel like adults might get more out of it. I mean, maybe you could disagree with me just I'm just basing this on audience response to what I saw, but uh, I was talking to a, a fellow magician last night. We were doing a show together, and he's got three kids, like 7, 11, and like 12 or something, or 13. And I said, the 12 and 13-year-old, or the, the, the older two might like it. I don't know if like 6, 7, 8, 9-year-olds will like it. I'm not sure, but I'd be curious to see what you guys thought. So, so um, personally, yeah, ahead, I, personally, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's as good as the first Lego movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of all around, I don't think it's as good. I will say, I, I, I agree with you that I think it's meant for kids. And I actually, based on the audience response, I actually was in a theater with with fairly young kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we'll talk about kind of the, the kids here kind of what some of the things they were doing here in a little bit but yeah fairly young kids and and there was a pretty good response from you know they, yeah, they, they, would... were, they liked it um there were definitely a couple of kids who were talking to the screen okay i was going to ask if there were kids talking to the screen that's always that's always i have a hard time being mad at kids when they do that that's it's adorable yeah there, there's also when kids talk to the screen they have strangely good timing yeah they always say say something when it's dead silent it's like right at the right moment i do you remember that movie Dragonheart? yeah from years ago like and and, and there's a part at the very end where, like, Dennis Quaid is like, I'm going to get the dragon. Who will come with me? And, like, no one says they're going to go. And the audience is silent. And I'm watching it. And there's this kid in the audience go, no one. You got to go by yourself. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> and the audience like lost it. So like, I cannot get mad at kids because usually their timing is pretty good. Yeah. The other thing I would say is that there is a lot for like hardcore Batman fans. There are a lot of Easter eggs in this yes. one. I was yes. going to ask you about that because before seeing the movie, I was told by a, a Batman aficionado that like Condiment Man was like a big Easter egg in, in this and that everyone was excited that Condiment Man sh- or Condiment Man showed up. Is that is that was he one of the big Easter eggs for you? Um, not as much because I didn't I actually didn't watch as much of Batman the Animated Series, which is where he came from. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of things uh, if you want to get into details and we when like. Bruce Wayne is looking at his parents. You see behind them on the little signs, the street sign says Crime Alley. Right, yes. Which is where his parents are killed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean... there are there are there are several I'm drawing blanks at the moment here, but I would say overall we had good responses from the kids and surprisingly well behaved audience given that I our our theater completely screwed up the beginning of the movie and uh, the whole movie started 20 minutes late because they completely didn't remember to flip the switch and turn it on. So <laughs> I love that. Um, the kids got a little bit antsy right at the beginning, but I was seated right next to maybe a four or five year old little boy and then his dad was there and then maybe a three year old, so maybe three and five. Um, and the three-year-old had a hard time um, because it, it was kind of long. This was actually a fairly, I think it was an hour and uh, an hour and 50 some minutes runtime. I'm really quickly looking here at IMDb, an hour and 44 minutes runtime. And it was just a little too long for him to, you know, not go to the bathroom. Sure. So he was real antsy. But I mean, I get that. Like when I have to go, I've got to go as well. Right. So, but the five-year-old was laughing right along, but I'll say he was responding to the audience as much as he was, he was responding to the screen because it came Occasionally you'd have, you know how little kids will go, ha, 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 and then just sort of have this like very bland laugh that means the adults are laughing, so this is funny, right? Mm-hmm. So he would do a little bit of that. So I I think you're right. I think like an 11 or 12 year old would be adult enough to catch some of the innuendos that are meant for the older audiences. So I, I, I don't necessarily think a five or, or a six year old will get that much out of this movie. I mean, but it'll be fun for them. It's it's a great babysitter. It's something you can pop in and leave them while you're cooking or something. I, I'm, in, I'm inclined to agree. I guess the, the only thing about this movie, and maybe it was just I was going with a little too high expectations. And so I don't want to knock it too hard, but I didn't think it had the, laughs per minute I would have liked in a regular comedy but that, that's about the only thing and I don't even think it was that bad I just I thought there were moments of the movie where it did lag a little bit or that the jokes just weren't as funny as I'd like them to be but for the most part that was just few and far between I think for the most part it was really funny and, and really entertaining as as again a, a kid's movie with this theme that you know Batman is a loner but he needs friends and family to help him solve problems and become a more complete person right that was basically the yeah. theme of the yeah that very was very kid oriented theme because honestly right. i was watching that and i was thinking i kind of wish they had picked almost any other character for this because that's like not a very batman theme yeah i you're it even you, suits superman better than it suits no, batman yeah you're entirely right there and i and i and i think you're right that's a little out of character but it works for like kid Batman. Yeah, and they threw in—I mean, they threw in Godzilla and Voldemort and whoever at the end. So it's not like this was an exclusively like DC movie. You know, this is not set in the DC universe. Perfect. No, I mean, obviously it was just this own thing. Yeah, we're almost every American movie monster. It's, it was the Kraken from Clash of the Titans, not Godzilla. Oh, okay. Yeah, because different rights. But yeah, they had King Kong, Voldemort. I mean, like the big so... ones. I had a hard time pinpointing. It's basically, for it's, obviously, it's the, basically anything, anything that Warner Brothers had the rights. Too. Right. Yeah. 
yeah yeah that was basically it. yeah that 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 kind of ending where it's like, so basically the basic plot is like batman you know defeats the joker and all the gotham city villains in the beginning and then he there's barbara gordon is the new commissioner and she's like we don't need that weird hillary clinton reference it takes a village that was a little weird didn't care for yeah. that but whatever i can look past it and then the whole point is we don't need batman and then joker is got this i'm just curious what andrew thinks of this because andrew's re- i remember andrew talking about how the joker's like the, the greatest foil and connection uh, for batman and in this movie it was the most explicit i can think of it being in a long time is that joker is like no you and me we're together we're, we're a couple we're in a relationship <laughs> like like they they really went all out for it Right, And then so Joker goes and gets the bad guys from the Phantom Zone after he learns that Zod got sent there. Oddly enough, Zod didn't show up. But yeah, okay. you know, yeah, now that you mention it, I, just, I realize that. Yeah, as, you know, the whole thing about like Superman's like, yeah, I sent Zod in there. It's like, oh, Zod didn't come back. That would have been kind of cool. And then Batman has to use his, you know, the Bat Team Robin, Bar- Barbara Girl and Batgirls. Uh, Alfred gets a Bat outfit and they all work together to defeat. The war- oh, it is essentially the Warner Brothers collection of monsters. <laughs> yeah. I I really liked um I liked Batgirl's purple outfit nod to her current look. That's a and no, I really that's actually a nod to the nineteen sixty six Batman more than the current. Is that so? Yeah. If you look at like the costume, she had like a she had like a purple and yellow jumpsuit. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. And then I liked I liked Alfred's decide decision to be. I I, I miss the sixties. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I liked the sixties. That was yeah. that was fun. Um, and and I also appreciated the way that they sort of nodded to Nightwing. Yes. Uh, which Where was, was really cool, been? and it was very very brief. So when <laughs> oh, when I must have missed it when Robin puts on the Batman costume, the yes. one the one he picks out is night is called Nightwing. Okay, because I was gonna ask you because I was like because it was such a goofy costume. I was like, was that ever a Batman costume anywhere that just we forgot about or something? But it, I, it's I would called have to look. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'd have to look okay. and that, see. But... It, yeah, it, I it, think it. I think the big thing there was that it was it was the Nightwing costume, but um, or that that the name of it was the Nightwing costume. Overall, I would say yeah. my sort of bird's eye view review of this would be that it was about 12 to 15 minutes too long and that it sort of got excited it it took it it didn't take itself too seriously for the first three quarters of the movie and then Mm -hmm. in the very last few minutes it got so excited about its own personal theme Mm -hmm. that i think that's where kind of what you were saying dude where i i suddenly kind of went i haven't laughed in a while right yeah eh. and it's i'm not i'm not beating up on the film too much for that but you're right there was this there were a a couple lulls and the big climax of like Gotham like breaking apart and then they ha- the way they put themselves back together I thought was a little like the movie got so big and so extravagant it was like how are we going to solve this right, yeah, right. Was, although I mean I did, we're going to do it by t- attaching people's legs to heads which if you've ever played Legos when you were a kid you know that doesn't work there's not a strong enough connection between <laughs> like the little foot pieces they're not designed to lock but in you're, but you're they're forgetting about to... you're forgetting about Batman's extra ab yeah the ab he's got nine abs that's how it makes Good it okay point. but there were like it. lots of strings of people though he wasn't the only one i guess he's the most important though yeah, I, most I did important. like the fact that when he asked, when he asked joker how his abs were he's like ah oh, not so good he's like all right well it's gonna, <laughs> this is good this is gonna be rough for you then <laughs> let's get crushed so i'm curious what did you think of will arnett's batman in this one in in, in I, I mean there's there's something to be said about the way will arnett and the way they wrote wrote this how did you i thought it was great i actually wish there was more over the top will arnett batman in this you know the more i'm thinking about it i'm i i am enjoying so i actually got a, a trailer for nut job 2 mm-hmm. which is also will arnett 
Mm-hmm. And yesterday when I was doing some stuff around the house, I was thinking, you know, like, I'm really enjoying Will Arnett as a voice actor. Like, mm-hmm. I really liked him in this. I mean, the, the trailer for Nutjob 2 looked really funny. And then I really liked BoJack Horseman. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I, I just, I, I want Will Arnett to do more voice work. Like, that's right. how much I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I, I think I think he did a really good job. And he, he took the material they give, gave him. And I don't know how much of this he put in there and how much was improvised or what they, what they sure. did here. But I thought that Will Arnett net in 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 this did an excellent job and he was a very good batman and very and he and he just delivered it perfectly like this was the kind of comedy batman we really wanted yeah no that, well, that, I, that was i think perfect i prefer will arnett without his face <laughs> well, that's, like, that's true he's not a good looking man and and he sort of because he, he has his jaws kind of a little off center so whenever i see him in a movie i always assume he's being in the more modern sense of the word ironic kind of mm. like a little hipster, a little sneering at everything. And even when he's not necessarily, his face just sort of lends itself to that expression. Mm-hmm. So I actually in, enjoy I, kind of what you were saying, Andrew. I really enjoy his voice work because I'm that isn't a distraction. Mm-hmm. Then I can kind of focus on what he's actually doing. And I thought it was really in keeping, which is one of the things that makes this movie kind of stand out. In that it was in keeping with all the the Batman iterations that we've seen, but also you know doesn't take itself too seriously. Has no problem poking fun at previous iterations of batman oh man the glowing eyes man did they ever it it was fun it that that part cracked me up i was definitely laughing out loud oh is that the part where alfred is going down through the so i've been with you through this 2016 2008 2000 yeah like that part where he i thought that was fantastic that was good there was also another point and i can't remember the exact situation but they ended up showing a lot of like classic Batman covers done mm-hmm. as, done as Lego Batman. Mm-hmm. That was also a nice touch. And they referenced the Joker in that time with the two boats, which was yes. really yeah. funny. The the time with the two boats. There was another there was another one they referenced. Oh, the time with the parade with the Prince music. Yes. Right. I was yes. Like, nice. No, I do like and I like the beginning of that film where the guy's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm the Joker, be scared. He's like, mm, Batman's gonna stop you. <laughs> I really like that. Mm, that's not going to work. Batman's going to stop you. I mean, I think, I and think... I appreciated the moment when the the sort of expendable character at the beginning to to teach you that this, you know there's some actual consequences in this movie drives through, and the guy go the the gatekeeper says that's a nice guy. I hope nothing bad happens to him. And you just go, <laughs> okay, yes, this is a setup of every. Every, well, every action movie ever, right? And he's driving. He's like, nothing bad ever happens to me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so bad no, I did like that. Honestly, I, think, I mean, I think the beginning of the film was one of the best parts about it. Yeah. I mean, even like the opening credits when Batman's narrating like the Warner Brothers yeah. logo. <laughs> I was I was stunned that they did that. He's like, I don't know what Rat Pack is, but it's a cool logo. <laughs> And like black, all important <laughs> movies start in black, <laughs> and then at the end, all important movies end in white. Yeah, that was that was excellent. And I thought the rest of the voice cast, for the most part, I thought they were all really, really good. You had Michael Sarah, you had Rosario Dawson as Barbara Gordon, Ray Fiennes as Alfred. They actually had they credited Siri as the voice of the computer. Yep, that's and, hilarious. And of course, Zach Galifianakis as the Joker, which were kind of like the major voice. Uh, the major players in this movie but then you had like a bunch of like celebrities who had like very few lines but were still like you know would make an impact like Conan O'Brien was the Red 
Riddler, Doug Benson's Bane, Billy D. Williams' Two Face. That was that uh, was good just because you know we've been waiting you know thirty something years for Billy D. Williams to actually be Two Face. Right, and then uh, Eddie Izzard as Voldemort, Seth Green as King mm-hmm. Kong, uh, Jermaine as Sauron uh, from Flight of the Concords, all that kind of good stuff. Did you reference Michael Sarah as Robin? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I thought yeah, yeah. he was he was funny. I thought they again they wrote Robin really well. I thought they, it was all and they and they wrote Robin very well for Michael Sarah. Yes. 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 Like well, they, if I they had played to on his, it would his be, strengths. If I had to nitpick the cast, it would be just Michael Sarah because you know, I mean, even with Rosario Dawson, I couldn't like pick her her voice. Usually, I'm pretty good with voices, but I couldn't pick her voice out and say, "Okay, that's Rosario Dawson." In fact, I thought it was. You thought it was a chick from Archer, didn't you? Because I thought it no. was Aisha. I thought it was no. Aisha Tyler at first. It sounded like her, or it could have also been who's that really beautiful Rosario Dawson. It's no. Rosario Dawson. She, she is absolutely beautiful <laughs> as well. Um, she's the Hispanic. Oh, she's sort of Hispanic. Um, You're not helping here. Yeah, you thought it was Jessica Alba? Not Jessica Alba. Selena Gomez? No. We are running out of Latinas here. Salma Hayek? America, what's her name from Ugly Betty? America Chavez? Um, Similar similar to her. No, this this woman is in a bunch of rom-coms. It's not her. I'll think of it later on, and it will just (laughs) pop up, and I'll be like... We're going to get a text at like four in the fucking morning. You know that, right? You will. I do that typically. But Eva Mendes, that's who I was trying to think. That's who I thought it was the whole time. So I was like, oh, Eva Mendes. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not... Um, but Michael Sarah's name was, or, or his voice was so easily recognizable, and he's such a dweeb that I was thrown a little bit out at first, and then I was like, no, I really like this movie. I'm just going to kind of go through it. So, so I'll, I'll if be I honest. had to nitpick the cast, it would be him. As much of a Michael Sarah hater as I am, didn't bother me. I, he's, okay. He is not who I would have picked, but sure. I had no issues with him. It wasn't like they gave James Franco the role. Yeah. Well, at that point, well, I, at really that point I would have burned down Warner Brothers Studios. <laughs> yeah. Fuck James Franco. <laughs> Eva Mendes. Yeah, I'm so, boy, that was a name I didn't, I haven't heard in a while. The only kind of superhero-y thing she's done was the spirit, where you got to see her butt. Oh, yeah. Awesome. No, she's something else. What else was she in? I forgot about um, that. You got to see her, she, butt. She did, to see her oh, butt, like, right. 10 feet tall. Yeah, that was amazing. Even if that was a body double butt, that was still a great butt. That was the only good uh, thing about that movie. Yeah, that really was. Oh, no, I think, I know what Tracy's thinking. She's thinking uh, about Ghost Rider. She was in one of the Ghost Riders. That might be it. Yeah, she was in one of the Ghost Riders, which was, that was awful. Yeah, so, I thought she was yeah, I thought she's a female. Um, what, what do you call it? A romantic interest. Yeah. In one of them. So, uh, so the one thing that, speaking of romantic interest, though, the one thing that did bug me about this is it felt like we were kind of playing out the Lego Movie again. Mm-hmm. From from the, from like the romantic interest aspect, mm-hmm. you know, in the Lego Movie, um, I'm drawing a blank on the character's name. The the, ma- the master builder, and then the other uh, the chick that was with the purple hair. Yeah, yeah, Wild Style is the chick, but like, and but now now it was played out with bat with well Bruce Wayne and Barbara Gordon. And Are you it, sure it wasn't just the hair? No, because there were a bunch of like the same gags where she starts talking and he doesn't hear any of the words she's saying, and like mm-hmm. they used some of the same gags, and I was like, oh, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it could just be that um i mean they are sort of catering to kids and maybe they're just trying to do the most the simplest version of romance they can so the kids get that there's a romantic interest but i mean your average five-year-old doesn't really know what it's like to see a stunningly beautiful woman and just go sort of go sproing you know? yeah i mean that's just something that cartoons have been doing forever you know like bugs bunny would see babs bunny and just hearts would fly over him and that kind of stuff and you just assume he has got a crush because it's hard to make lego figures hot it is yeah the best they can do is that sort of half ponytail plastic yeah. hair. Now, Bugs Bunny in a dress, always freaking hot. <laughs> I, you know, speaking of hair, the more this I kind podcast of goes the... on, the, 
the the more questions about dude's sexuality just open up. I can go from Jane Seymour to Bugs Bunny in a dress and <laughs> from zero to 60. I just want to point out that in the original Lego movie, that very brief time that Batman was actually in it was also voiced by Will Arnett. So they yeah. also have some right. continuity yes. across. I didn't yes. realize yes. that before. But I, I really like the effects in this movie where they made it clear that they were, and this is the same with the original Lego movie, they made it clear that they were using bricks for everything, including like the flames, um, that that was an old Lego brick that they've been making forever. And the even with the hair, so when Batman would take his mask off, it would give you a second, and then whoosh, whoosh, he would yes. have the hair on, which is something you would actually do if you were playing with Legos, because you got to take one thing off, put the other thing on. Yeah, that was cool. I forgot about that. that was good. How about the um. We're going to punch people so hard that we're describing <laughs> our hits. I'm, I'm so glad you got I was going to ask you about that if you didn't bring it up. Because I, because I, like there were cheers in the audience when he got. That to was that point. hysterical. That yeah, was so ridiculous was and so self-aware. It was, it was perfect. See that, that, and that's what I wanted out of this movie was, was ridiculous and self-aware. Because like, like, dude, now I, we're talking. You know, you know, th- those are the jokes we make about Batman when we're reading the, watching the movies or reading the comics or you know, playing with the action figures. It's what we do. Absolutely. Like, I really was hoping like Arkham City, the Arkham series, had like a DLC that would add POWs at some point. That would have been good. Like. Like, that's add what I mean. add like, Pows and the uh, Adam West costume. Yeah, because in Arkham City you could have players like Batman the Animated. You get a bunch of like extra costumes. Yeah, uh, and that'd be really cool to have Adam West costume with Kevin Conroy's voice in the Arkham universe. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did enjoy the the pows and spams and and the self awareness. See, I I kind of wish the movie was all and I that's the thing is I know it's a kids movie. I would have been fine if the movie was all self aware Batman jokes, Lego Batman yes. jokes. But I get that it had to also be a kids movie, generally understood by kids. Yeah. I get that's yeah. why I'm not being too hard on it. I also love the not so subtle jabs at Suicide Squad. <laughs> I don't know if you caught any of those, but no, the, yeah, the there biggest were a couple. One Make up a bunch of bad guys to fight bad guys. That's a stupid idea. Yep. It's great. Oh, no, that was really good. And and we all appreciated the, what is the password? Iron Man sucks. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like, part of me did really want the password to be the na 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 batman right? But they use that pretty well in the movie, though, overall. And I appreciate that he makes up his own hardcore metal music and beatboxing. That one took me, when he was, like, playing the guitar while fighting the bad guys in the beginning, that took me by surprise, and I was like, I can go with this one. Or the point where Joker was like, how are we, how are all of us losing to Batman right now? I just like that part <laughs> and the two minute montage of him warming up his food in the microwave we've all been there yeah that it was, was great i was yeah. just i would the only thing about that one is i was disappointed because that they cut the line from the trailer i deserved this iron this yes. today I, 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 I missed <laughs> that one too. I was like, oh, come on. That was good. Yes, yes. It was good times. I think I think this was a fun one. It might be one that I get just because every now and then I have kids over and we have to entertain them. In you some know, way. I'm, I'm actually kind of wondering if there's going to be some some substantial like if there's if, if we're going to pick up more on rewatches. Probably. Probably. I can I can only imagine. It felt like sensory overload when I was watching it. Yeah, a little bit. I'll, I'll, yeah. I mean, there was not a lot knocking, happening, but there was yes, there was a ton going on there. Yeah. So. 
I don't know, about two weeks ago, I mentioned when dude and I talked about Lego Batman more that Yahoo had predicted that this was going to be the big movie of Valentine's weekend. And they were expecting 50 million for Lego Batman, uh, about 40 million for 50 shades darker and between 20 and 30 million for John Wick, uh, part two, whatever the fuck chapter two, chapter two. There you go. So I, as I'm coming back from, from Richmond today, I found an article from comic book resources and turns out Yahoo is actually pretty close. Um, mm. They underestimated, um, they underestimated 50 shades darker a little bit. So the, the box office totals for the weekend so far were 55 million for Batman, 48 for 50 shades. And then I think it was like 28 million for John Wick. So Yahoo did a pretty, called it pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention and, and I'll get, let Tracy, you know, we can talk about this. You know, this obviously, this is a kid movie, so there were a lot of kids in the theater. And I ended up sitting in front of a few unruly ones. <laughs> and I, I mentioned this to, to Dude and Tracy before the podcast, but there it was a like a like a two-year-old, like a four-and-a-half-year-old-ish, and like an eight-year-old. And they were with Grandma. And Grandma went off to buy snacks. Leaving that the, is not a good plan. Right, leaving the eight-year-old in charge. Oh, no. Who then proceeded to just start beating the tar <laughs> out of his little brother. <laughs> As as an eight year old is wont to do. I was gonna well, say uh, that's a normal thing. So I think I think the four year old had to go to the bathroom and was like, "All right, I'm gonna go to the bathroom." And the eight year old's like doing his best to keep his little brother from leaving, but his version okay. of the best was to just beat the tar out of him. <laughs> <laughs> enough so that the woman sitting next to me actually had to like get up and kind of like separate them because like it was getting that much oh, and no. then i'm pretty sure the two-year-old uh took a crap next to me <laughs> so she she's on the stairs next to me pulls her pants down still wearing a diaper pulls her pants down and then sits down on the step and then about a minute later gets up and pulls her pants back up <laughs> yeah and then ju- and then just happened. then like takes a couple steps down and looks at me and just smiles <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I just pooped next to you. What? What are you going to do about she, it? She's going to make a fantastic sorority sister when she grows up. Yeah. Oh, that's all. Oh, oh, and the God. and and like the trashed section of theater they left behind them. Oh, Woo! yeah, it was. Yeah, this this is this 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 trio is is really on their way to bigger and better things. <laughs> well, to be honest, kids, our theater was much messier when we left than I'm used to seeing a theater. Granted, these days theaters are mostly empty, but. Yeah, yeah this there were definitely way more pieces of popcorn that were crunching underfoot and just like random pieces of crap. And the guy next to us snuck bottles of like chocolate milk or yoo-hoos or something in. So there was like stuff from that all over the place. I thought you were going to say like bottles of vodka or something so he could keep himself from killing himself. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, I mean, th- his kids were still pretty young, so he didn't seem like he was about to, you know, hang from the nearest rafter yet. But you know, I'm that, sure that's coming. That's one part of parenting I'm not looking forward to. Like, I go to the good kids movies. I go to the Disney movies. I go to Lego, you know, I go to this kind of stuff. Yeah. You're going to have to do it all. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to go to a lot of shitty kids movies, and I'm not looking forward to that part. You're probably going to end up liking it, though. That's what I hear from my my friends who are parents. They're like, after a while, it just all blurs together, and you don't remember that better movies exist. I think that's just an effect. I think that's just a side effect of PTSD at that point. (laughs) Or or severe alcoholism. Yeah. (laughs) Stockholm Syndrome. There's some. It's a mental disorder. That's all I can tell you. Stockholm Syndrome. I'm I'm pretty sure my cat has Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) Fighter. Because yeah. Kaylee's ready to leave. Oh, good lord! All right, so any, any final thoughts? No, I think I think we covered it. I, yeah, uh, it's worth going it. to. Yeah, go it's worth it. yeah, it it's definitely fun. worth going to, especially if you happen to have a kid or two in your life. Mm-hmm. 
Tracy, what have you been into? Um, lately, I've been reading a book on submarine the the birth of submarine uh, intelligence gathering and submarine along with the the beginnings of submarine warfare. It's blind man's so bluff, that's been isn't pretty it? cool. Yes, it is. I'm having a hard time getting through it because it's short stories. So I get to the end of the one of one of the each chapter is basically a, an all inclusive story, and when I get to the end of it, it's hard to get into the next one because I kind of I'm still stuck in that previous story. Um, so it's taking me a little bit longer than than normal to get through that. And then not a whole lot else, although I have been doing that very adult thing, preparing for tax season. Mm. That sucks. Yeah, I got to do that. Plus, I I moved and I changed jobs. And I moved from one state to another, so it's a big pain in the butt. It's it's not as bad as you think. I remember I had to do Maryland and Virginia taxes one time, and then I had to do Maryland. I'm guessing that was pre-ACA, though. Really screwing up my life. Yeah, I bet. So, dude, what what about you? I finished Venture Brothers Season 6. Nice. That was very good. And I picked up a couple books... Uh, we got, it was at one of the local bookstores was going out of business. I was actually on my way over there to pick up a couple biographies on, uh, Trotsky and Lenin by, uh, Robert Service. And the reason why his were kind of like on my radar is that, at least according to the author, that he's one of the few, if not the only biographers of Trotsky who isn't himself a Trotskyite or a Trotskyist. So he really tried to pride himself on being as honest as he could with giving a biography on Trotsky, that he wasn't in love with Trotsky or really any of the guys he wrote these. He wrote like one on Lenin, one on Stalin, one on Trotsky, and then like one on all three of them, apparently, called Comrades. Interesting. Um, and two of them were at the local bookstore. So when I went over, like, and I got a new roommate, so we were kind of walking through the neighborhood, showing him around, and because he was from out of state. And I'm like, yeah, here's this really cool bookstore on Fifth. And we walk up to it, and I see everything 50% off, going at a business sale. And I was like, oh, let's go in there and see if the books were there. And they were not. So I wound up oh. picking up a bunch of, uh, a couple, like a Conan comic, a couple other things. It was just a bunch of books. Conan comics. They had a couple trashy comics. So I was like, wow, what the hell not? They're three bucks. Uh, an adaptation of Anthem by Ayn Rand, a couple things on the French Revolution, and then I picked up at the other local bookstore. I never, I don't have a copy of The Prince, so I picked up a copy of The Prince, Machiavelli is The Prince, and uh, Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky, because people bring that up a lot, so I wanted to read it myself. And then some book on, on Napoleon, uh, Osprey book on the Battle of Jena. So that's really about it. Nice. Let's see. So so today I actually just got back, uh, just part of us recording, got back from Richmond to go going to see Book of Mormon. How was it? It was fantastic. Yeah, what did you think of it? I really yeah. enjoyed it. So, I mean, I, I kind of knew what to expect. I mean, sure. having seen South Park, knowing, I mean, when, when, when the, when it, when the, sh- when the show premiered or shortly thereafter was what you were living with us mm-hmm. and, I mean, you played the soundtrack a lot. Yes, I did. So I'm like, I, I kind of knew what was what to expect, but it was still, it was a lot of fun. Especially because like you've had a lot of encounters with Mormons, far more than I have. Yes. And I figured like some of this would have hit home for you. Oh no, absolutely. I, I, I've there's a number of people I knew from like high school who who went on missions. You know, growing up in Phoenix. Uh, you know, basically the Mormons went to Salt Lake City and then a bunch of them came down to Mesa where I went to high school. So, mm-hmm. and like all of the land for the, all the high schools is donated by Mormon families. And yeah, it's a big deal back home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I've been reading some more Adam Warlock 
comics, been catching up on the Flash a little bit. Uh, Becky and I watched in pre- kind of in preparation for for going to see Lego Batman. We watched Dark Knight Rises because she had never seen it before. <laughs> oh wow! And I mean, I still ma- I still maintain my stance that I like Dark Knight better. But one of the things I think I realize is how much I it bugs me the the sound mixing on um on Bane's voice bugs me. Just the fact that it is so much louder than everything else. Yeah, it is a little weird. Yeah, but I mean, otherwise, you know, I mean, I still enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. It's still good. So also, I got my copy of uh, Organ Attack from uh, Awkward Yeti. So Becky and I are getting ready to break that out at some point in the very near future. Nice. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Maybe a nice Valentine's evening. There you go. That's just around the corner. Ugh. Yeah, it's also Kurt's birthday, so you're doubly screwed. I know. I know. Every year, twice as screwed. Yeah. Are you doing well, anything like special for Valentine's Day? Because I basically was given a list of things, a list of approved uh, activities, and I just picked one. Okay. And I promptly like forgot when it was. Nice. No, so Becky and I, because Valentine's Day itself is a fucking bitch, like to do anything, we always do it either before or after. So it depends on what day this week we don't feel like cooking. Uh, but either either Monday or Tuesday or Monday or Wednesday we'll go out for dinner. Yeah. Um, um it, it may be sooner rather than later because Becky inadvertently dropped my shaving brush in the toilet. Oh. So, so we at least need to go talk to the people and be like, hey, how should I clean this? Or replace yeah. it. Yikes. She Yikes. Cut, she came down. She's like, hey, so you know how I love you, you know, no matter what? I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, and you know how you love me no matter what? It's like, uh-huh. What uh-huh. did you do? <laughs> I, I see this is going somewhere. Like, I may have dropped your shaving brush in the toilet. It's like, may- like you may have, as in there's a chance it didn't fall in the toilet. <laughs> right, you, right. And you're was... unsure because you just ran down here to, to head off the disaster. I was like, may, may have. <laughs> so yeah, well, apparently what happened was Becky had, had showered and then was get, was gonna take a bath, and uh, in between she basically knocked it in. She's like, well, there's nothing I can do about it at this point, so I'm gonna finish taking my bath and then tell her. <laughs> She's not wrong. There was nothing, you know. Uh, yeah, but, damage is done. Yeah. Yeah, I um so because Kurt's birthday and Valentine's Day fall together, uh, last year he, I kind of threw a big bash for it, and then this year we're just gonna basically go out to dinner. Um, and we're not even picking a crazy place; it's just a, a very uh, casual dining area down in in Georgetown. And if it's terrible, we'll just leave early. Um, and then I gave him his gifts a little bit early because um we he smoked cigars. And we had a couple in the house that had not been properly stored. Uh, So his gift was a a very small humidor with the packs that keep everything nice. So he had to kind of get that ASAP. So as soon as I bought it, I gave it to him. Nice. Yeah. All right, folks, if you like what we do, make sure you head on over to thereforegeek.com. You check out our blog posts on our podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. The caption for this podcast should be Jane Seymour and not Batman. Just saying. Mm, I'll think about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just totally random. So once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Tracy. I'm Dude. And you've been listening to Therefore a Geek.